Welcome to Ghostly. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. And we want to thank all of our new Facebook page likes. I mean, it's incredible. We've been growing at a really steady rate, and we are very happy. Yes, definitely. And we also want to thank everyone for listening to our podcast. We are so happy to be able to put out new episodes for you every two weeks. It really is the highlight of our couple of weeks. We, we do all this research and we prepare for it. And then finally, we get to deliver it to you. It's very exciting to actually get to tell you all the cool things that we learn. Yeah, and we wish we could do even more. But these episodes take us a lot of time to do research, to figure out uh, what we essentially have to do to put out a good episode, and we would have to quit our jobs if we were going to put out more episodes. So if you can give us enough um, likes on Facebook and enough listeners, we would gladly quit our jobs to give you an episode maybe twice a week. Hey, hey, listen, my boss might be listening to this episode, (laughs) so no, no, no. I love my job. I would never leave my job. All right, but I do want to tell everybody, please hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about us. Word of mouth is our best form of advertisement. Absolutely. So in our last episode, we talked about the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. It's hard to believe we're already on episode nine. Woo-hoo. Right? Very it's, exciting. Man, it's been a great, great ride this yeah. whole entire time. Um, I really enjoyed the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, and uh, I liked Mondo's picture, Very exciting. Even though I still have doubts about it. Not about him. (laughs) Uh I don't have doubts about him. Uh I have doubts about the picture itself. And uh, I I love doing that research into the mob. That was a lot of fun. Yes, definitely. So I couldn't imagine living in those times. Could you? You mean without alcohol readily available? Yeah, because I'm a lush. (laughs) I'm actually drunk right now as we're recording this. This is going to become drunk ghostly no no you guys should all know pat is definitely a teetotaler he is not a big drinker i i don't like tea that much what are you talking about (laughs) so rebecca what did the people have to say about saint valentine's day massacre well we had a pretty complex poll this time we did we did yeah so we have uh 33 percent believe that al capone was haunted Ooh, yes that's jimmy Yes, by Jimmy. Yeah. And uh, then we had uh, about 17% believe that Mondo's video is paranormal, or his photo is paranormal. So that's, let me do the math real quick. Yep. That's 50%, I'm thinking, yes, right? Yes, just about. And then we had 50% oh. say that nope, no paranormal activity oh, at all. Oh. So we tied. I we say. tied. I, I, I call that a tie. Uh, I don't know if it's a tie or not, but all right, I'm willing to say that. You know, there are a lot of people that believe in ghosts in our, in, we also have another poll that's ongoing that says, do you believe in ghosts? Just yes and, or no. Yeah. And, you know, us skeptics really need to step it up on that one. <laughs> so here's a call out to all my team skeptic bros. Get out there. Oh, and are you assuming that all skeptics are men? Are you assuming by bros, I mean just men? Well, typically. Well, typically, I think that's a sexist comment, Rebecca. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Bros are both. Bros bros are friends. Interesting. All right. We're we're going (laughs) to change the trend here. So in today's episode, we are going to be talking about George Washington and more specifically, Mount Vernon, which is George Washington's home. Yes. I mean, it's President's Day. Yeah. So, you know, well, this will be coming out a little bit after, but it's, yeah. a, it's a good time to talk about it. And one of the presidents that is celebrated on President's Day specifically is George Washington's birthday. I would say birthday. president. Yeah. Really, he is the one. Yeah. I mean, Lincoln is pretty, pretty up there, too. Right. But no, Washington. And your favorite Andrew Jackson, as everybody knows, because we've already discussed that on the podcast. (laughs) So I thought that we should talk about not just George Washington's um, history, which he was our first president under the Constitution, let me say. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, But I I don't want to just talk about George Washington's history. 
I, I feel that I'd be doing an injustice to that because we could make a whole podcast, not just one episode, a whole podcast about George Washington. He was a fascinating man. Yes. And there's a lot documented about his history. Although I don't think that they stress enough how much of a ladies' man he really was. Well, he was tall. Yeah, he was tall. I think he spoke multiple languages, too. Mm-hmm. He was very intelligent. Yes. Yeah, and he was he was a farmer. Mm-hmm. He was a very intelligent farmer. He did things that other people didn't do, and he researched a lot about farming. And he used that a lot in his military battles as well. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it is. It hmm. is. That's something I found out. So... um. I'm going to start right in with Mount Vernon. Because mm-hmm, that's where the hauntings are. That is. So Mount Vernon, it was George Washington's home up until his death in 1799. Yeah, sorry, everybody, he died. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler alert, yeah. Uh, Mount Vernon is the place that these ghost stories take place that Rebecca will be telling us about that I'm going to say aren't true. <laughs> Mount Vernon finished construction in 1735 as a one-and-a-half-story house and was constructed by George's father, Augustine. It's located in Mount Vernon, Virginia. That's just a weird coincidence. Uh, Right, that it's named Mount Vernon and it's in Mount Vernon. Yeah, Yeah. that's crazy. Crazy. Uh, It overlooks the, um, what is it again? I'm so sorry. Potomac River. Potomac River. I'm sorry, I'm bad with these pronunciations. And it's about eight miles south of of Alexandria, which is about like 11 miles from Washington, D.C., right? So he was pretty close to D.C. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why he wanted D.C. to be the capital. Yes. I I would believe he would have wanted like Mount Vernon to be the capital, actually, (laughs) because he he really enjoyed his time at home. Yes. Even though he kept getting called to service and he could not say no. But yeah, he he really loved being in Mount, Mount Vernon. And it was originally called Little Little Hunting Creek Plantation. I don't know if you knew that. No, I did not. Yeah. And the actual land was held on to by George's family since 1674. Mm, so they had the land and then the house was built by George's father. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was probably some kind of structure up, but it wasn't sure. the house gotcha. that we know of today. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it predates the Mount, the Mount Vernon name. Augustine built that one-and-a-half-story structure that was the main part of the plantation. When he passed away, Augustine's widow technically owned Mount, Mount Vernon after that, but let George and his eldest brother Lawrence live there. And George lived a lot of his childhood years at Mount, Mount Vernon with his half-brother Lawrence until 1753 when George began his military career. And I hear it was a pretty successful career, right? Yeah, I think he, I think he, he did f- had a few popular battles. He maybe, did, yes, that he yes. Not just fought in, but actually led. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he was, and that's the reason why they picked him of the as as the general of the Revolutionary War. Yes, is because of his success in battle. Mm-hmm. George didn't make Mount Vernon his actual home though until 1759 when he got married to Martha. It was still owned by Augustine's widow, so George leased it from her until he actually inherited it in 1761. George spent much of his time, when not serving his country in one way or another, renovating Mount Mount Vernon. And in fact, while he was president, he still was renovating Mount Mount Vernon. He gave them orders on what to do. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He expanded the one-and-a-half-acre story house to a a two-and-a-half-story 11,028 square foot stately home. It's got 21 rooms. Wow. That's yeah. a lot. I mean, that is definitely a huge house. Mm-hmm. The walls of the mansion look like stone, but are actually made out of wood. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, they use some kind of um, sand in the painting and oh. the way that they cut the wood. Okay. There's a name for it. I probably would mispronounce it, so I'm not even going to try. It's like rustification or something. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like they're putting rust on it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, George expanded the lands, too, of Mount Vernon to around 8,000 acres. Wow. And its four gardens are still world-renowned. Wow. Now, George really believed that he picked out the best piece of land. I mean, George's family Mm -hmm. believed that they picked out the best piece of land in all of the United States. Wow. They really believed it was the most beautiful and the most uh, had the most potential for growth. Mm Mm-hmm. 
George Washington passed away of a throat infection, though, on December 14, 1799. It is believed he got the throat infection two days earlier while out in one of his gardens when it started to snow. And he did not change out of his wet clothes when he came in. He went straight to the dinner table. Yeah, because he was a big stickler for being on time. Yes. And he just refused to be late. Man, I have so much in common with this you, guy. You do <laughs> when it comes to that. Yeah. Uh, Mount Vernon also contains two tombs. I don't know if you're, you're aware of that. Mm-mm. They're called the old and the new. Martha and George were originally buried in the old family tomb, but because it was deteriorating, George had ordered a new tomb to be made in his will. Hmm. So could you imagine they're getting ready to bury him? They they pull out this will and they're like, oh, we have to build a whole other tomb for him. <laughs> well, but he was also really specific that he wanted to be buried in three days and he had he had some really specific He was very orders. specific in life. Yes. That's the kind of guy he was. Again, man, I'm really feeling it, you know? <laughs> George was a slave owner, though, and I'm not feeling that part. Yeah, um, we have to make sure we mention that. I mean, it was a plantation, yes, as you said. Yes, it was a plantation. Um, but he always struggled with the idea of, of slavery. Uh, he didn't outlaw it because he would have probably been killed by the people of the day. And in George's will, he did order his slaves to be emancipated upon Martha's death. But Martha freed them the year before she died. And Martha might not have done this out of goodwill, though, as she feared that because the slaves knew they would be freed upon her death, that they might try to kill her. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that was a fair <laughs> point. Now, yeah. something else, too, is that he actually ordered, though, the slaves be educated, yes. especially the young ones, yes. that they be taught to read and write and, and taught a trade. Um, I guess he did struggle um, with it, but, you know, I wish he had let them... Yeah. Free earlier. Yeah. yeah. It would have obviously. changed it would have changed history right there. Yeah. But you know, I, I'm not gonna excuse what he did, but he was better to his slaves than most people of those days. I suppose, yeah. You know, a lot of them he was actually friendly with. Mm-hmm. Uh one of them there's a story of one of them escaping and um George actually going out to find this slave, but not to like hunt him down, to talk him into coming back. Mm. Like, he talked him into it. He said, you know, I'll give you this, I'll give you that if you come back. Hmm, interesting. So, yeah, he he wasn't as bad as some. He still was a slave owner, though. Yeah, can't stay away from that. So, after Martha's death, a lot of the furniture that was originally in Mount Vernon was either sold or given away. And Mount Vernon seemed to be scheduled to be lost to history until the Ladies' Association of Mount Vernon was formed and took over control of Mount Vernon in 1858. I believe they were originally formed in 1853, though. Okay. And it took them the five years um, to raise $200,000 to buy the land and structures. Wow. I can only imagine what it's worth today. Yeah. Well, it's priceless. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. So since taking over the care, the Ladies Association has done a lot to restore the house to its earlier days, including um, rebuilding a greenhouse mm-hmm. that was, it does not look like a greenhouse at all. It looks like a very stately mansion as well, but they rebuilt that. They um, and, and they've used a lot of science to do these things too, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. They've researched a lot of the original designs and a lot of the pictures that George drew of of Mount Vernon. Oh, well, I think it's actually closed for some re- remodeling right now. Oh. I saw that. Yeah. But really? just just for a little bit though. Okay. Yeah. And they they also got back many of the pieces of the the original furniture. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they either bought it back in auctions or they were they were given it when when other people passed on. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So do you have anything else to add to the history of Mount Vernon? Uh, I think I threw it in there as you were going. Okay. So, I'm feeling good. Okay. Well, um, do you want to get right into the ghost story? Yeah, then? I mean, well, this is what I have to add, of course, is the is the ghost stories. Now, yes. there are a lot of different ghost stories, but we're going to be focusing on the ones that are sightings of George Washington yes. himself. So George Washington's ghost at Mount Vernon. Which, by the way, in Mount Vernon, there are several structures. It's not just the one house. Right. It's several buildings. Uh, he He had a separate building for his kitchen. Yes. You know, it was not part of the house. Right. So, I mean, just to think about that, they also had storerooms where they would keep the leather and the and the wool that they were working on and also um a lot of the a lot of the slaves that he did have had their own little houses. Mhm. So, it, it yeah, it's like a whole village there. Yeah, it's a lot. 
All right. Okay. So since George Washington's death in 1799, there have been stories of mysterious activities and spectral sightings at Mount Vernon. Some are so old that they basically have become history. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, so I've kind of broken up the ghost stuff into historical ghost stories and contemporary ghost stories. Yeah. We're trying something a little bit new with this one. Yeah. So uh, there's just kind of a, just a general some general um, quotes that I have on the hauntings. The first is from the Try to Scare Me website. Washington's ghost can be seen throughout the house, moving things and speaking to his guests. Being host to many people, it is said that his spirit still believes he, that he is welcoming guests and stirring conversation. There is also a dark shadow which can be seen in his bedroom where he passed. The dark shadow moves and is commonly seen out of the corners of visitors' eyes. What does that sound like? It sounds like shadow people. Shadow people. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Super interesting. Um, There's also claims of visitors that his bedroom is freezing, Mm -hmm. almost like it's air conditioned. Yeah. Um, And, that uh, of course, there's no air conditioning in Mount Vernon. Mm -hmm. And then just one more quote that I thought was super interesting. This is from the New York World newspaper. This this particular piece was printed, uh, published in 1890. This historic chamber is haunted. Of that, there would seem to be little doubt. Many people within recent years have slept in it, and they declare that they were awed by the viewless presence of the nation's first president. They deny earnestly that the notion is based on imagination. Few of these temporary occupants have been able to get any sleep. Obviously, it is one thing to see a ghost, and quite another thing to feel one, to be aware of the nearness of a strange and brooding specter. They all agree that Washington visits his chamber in the still watches of the night. Wow. Okay, so I know that you've been to Mount Vernon. I I was never in Mount Vernon. So what was your personal experience about Mount Vernon? Well, I was there in eighth grade for a, a school trip. Okay. <laughs> so I remember going. I remember thinking it was really big yeah. and very cool, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I liked the bedrooms, but I did not see anything ghostly there. But it was creepy. And I, I think a big part of that was seeing slave quarters yeah. and, you know, kind of see, seeing that that was my first time really ever seeing anything like that. But I will say I was also 13 and with my friends, yeah. for the like away from home. And mm. so I probably was not in a a noticing mode oh, you <laughs> where I would have noticed you anything. You weren't thinking about ghostly at that point. No, I was not <laughs> at all. <laughs> all right. But I'd love to go back again. I would love to go too. Yeah, we should do that one episode. Ah. And maybe we could put video up on our YouTube channel. Yes, that would be really fun. Yeah. And if you haven't yet, go on YouTube and search for Ghostly Podcast. I'd love to give you the URL, but we don't have enough subscribers yet on there to actually get a custom URL. (laughs) We're working on it. We are working on it. We have a ways to go, though, but we are working on it. Because there's going to be a lot of episodes that we're going to have stuff that we need you to see a video of. Yeah. So, like Mondo's picture. Right. So, to get the full experience of Ghostly, you really should subscribe on YouTube. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I think it's time for our debate, right? Let's, let's do it. All right. So, usually go first, and I'm not going to stop you this time either. So, uh, go ahead. Okay. So, I as know I, you're excited about I that. I am excited. This I, I found this episode, I found the, this website, and it was. I was just so excited about these stories. It's I love it. I love I love history and old stuff. So yeah. you know, yeah. Rebecca actually picked this one out. I, I said let's do a President's Day episode, and I'm thinking Abraham Lincoln because there's a lot of haunting. Right, stuff we've all about heard Lincoln. of that. Yeah, but no, you went Washington. I went so. Washington, man. We're we're starting at the beginning. All right. Uh, okay, so um, as Pat mentioned, the ladies of the Mount Vernon's Ladies Association took over ownership of Mount Vernon. So in the early days of that association, the women would actually sleep in the mansion when they were there doing work Mm. on it. So this is a story that newspaper, that uh, the New York World newspaper that I mentioned earlier, also published this story, which I love. Okay. Okay. And again, to me, this is just the start of proof that this place is haunted by Washington's ghost. Let's do it. Okay. Mrs. William Beale and a friend of hers spent a night at Mount Vernon. At their own request, they were permitted to occupy Washington's bedroom. So they asked to sleep there. Yeah. In the middle of the night, they were awakened by the sputtering of their candle. 
They had lighted one surreptitiously and were burning it in the middle of a basin of water. Mm. Fancied they saw a spook, they it went out with a noise, and they began to feel alarmed. Mrs. Beale said to her friend, you are on the side of the bed where Washington died. The other replied, no, I'm not. He died on your side. Finally, they decided that the question was doubtful, and there was no more sleep for them that night. They got up, dressed themselves, and sat around until morning. Scared by every squeak of the windows, at one moment, they were sure they heard Washington's sword clank distinctly in a corner. What do you think of that story, Pat? Ah, okay. So I I really think that they're doing a great job for history, and uh, I'm glad that they they do this, but I I have some issues with the whole story, and... uh, Fancied being one of the words in there, it kind of, yeah, I'm not sure I would have picked that word fancied for that. <laughs> but my biggest thing is that they had a, they had lighted a candle, right? And yes. they put it in the middle of a basin of water. Right. So you make sure that there's no fire. Yeah, you absolutely. Right. But then that can cause a lot of shadows to, no, to appear. But it sputtered and it went out on its own. Oh, candles never do that. No. You know? They never go out. Wind never comes into a room. Especially, I'm sure the insulation of of this place was not the best, even though they survived a lot of winters there. Uh, winters in Mount Vernon could be pretty harsh. I mean, not Chicago harsh, but they could be pretty harsh. But yeah, so they put a candle in the middle of a basin of water and were surprised that it went out. Yes. And that is the only physical evidence that they have the rest of well, it there was, was a all, noise well yeah it's an old house <laughs> i mean old i mean new houses make noises imagine the super old creaky house that augustine built and george added to and uh yeah it's it's gonna make noises so and then they're like oh he died on your side of the bed no your side of the bed um okay maybe he died in the middle of the bed who knows mm-hmm. Maybe actually, I would bet he probably did. I bet he probably wasn't on one of the sides. I bet he was probably in the middle. If I'm gonna die on a bed, I'm gonna be right in the middle. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's getting in there with me. I'm gonna tell you that much. And I'm having all the covers that time. Ah, yes. Yeah. Not sharing. No, I'm not sharing at all. No. I mean, it's my deathbed. You right, know. Right. Well, I'm so, just saying this is me and my best friend right now. Like we're yeah. in this room. The candle goes out. We're hearing noises. We're hearing the clanking of yeah. a sword. Yeah. No sleep happening like for sure i'm sure it was the clinking of the sword and and, you know it could even be that a that a burst of wind broke into the window and rattled a sword that was mounted to the wall i i don't know what the walls look like there i don't i i'm sorry this is just nonsense (laughs) all right all right well sorry ladies okay well let me give you one more so okay so, so you don't believe the ladies maybe you'll believe the men it's got nothing to do with believing ladies or believing men. I don't believe them. Okay, okay. Well, there's another story uh, from an article called Great George's Ghost by Adam Sprinson. There I, you go. We're I gonna... think there was a Scooby-Doo episode about that too. <laughs> I know, doesn't it sound like that? <laughs> but this is, uh, it was actually, this is actually on Mount Vernon's website, mountvernon.org. Oh, so it has to be right I, then, I, Of yeah. course. So Josiah Quincy Jr., who I don't know that there's any relation to the Quincy Adams or the uh, whatever. Or the Quincy Jones? No. <laughs> Anyways, they yeah. were uh, Quincy Jones, or, or sorry, now you have me <laughs> saying it. So Josiah Quincy Jr. was a politician, as was his father, Josiah Quincy III. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that worked, that the third then had the junior. I, anyways. So they were both prominent Massachusetts politicians. So these are people that were very respected. They were voted into office many times. Okay. Okay. So the son wrote about his father's experience at Mount Vernon. Mm. So he actually published this and told people about it. So the father, Josiah, went to visit Mount Vernon. At this point, it was owned and run by Bushrod Washington, who was... Mm. George's nephew. I'm guessing he's maybe one of the reasons that it didn't it didn't last. Maybe Bushrod wasn't the greatest because this is like 1806, 
time frame. Okay. So yeah. the ladies took it over because it was running down. And so maybe the nephew. Yeah. You know. And also he's like a half nephew then. Yeah. Because his brother was his oh. half brother. So it's a quarter. So it's a quarter nephew. Quarter nephew, I think they <laughs> okay. call that. Yeah. I just, anyways, I, I like the name Bushrod. But he was, he was a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. Yeah. I actually knew that yeah. before this episode. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I did not. Yeah. So, okay. So, so Quincy. Josiah is there <laughs> and visiting Bushrod. He, Josiah, is given George Washington's old bedroom for the night. And as Bushrod's tucking him in and leaving the room, closing the door, he just happens to mention that there's a rumor that an interview with Washington had been granted to some of its former occupants. Ooh. Yes. So... Josiah was actually excited by this idea. He was excited that he might be held worthy to behold this great man, George Washington, and that he might get the opportunity to speak with him. And the son writes that his father claims that he did see Washington that night. Interesting. That he was completely sure of what he saw and that he never wavered in his in his belief. He did not give any more details, or at least the son did not give any more details because he didn't want to, he knew how crazy it sounded and he didn't want to tarnish his father's legacy, but he felt yeah. the need to, to share this. Hmm. So just one other thing too that I thought was interesting is that um, the father wrote uh, or said that the reason thought he figured out the reason that Washington haunted the place. And it's because Bushrod took him to see Washington's tomb, yeah, which was pretty rare, obviously, that anyone would be able to do that. And that the velvet cover of the coffin was hanging in tatters because relic hunters had been um, trying to get in and mm. destroyed it. And so he, his resting place was not what it should be. Okay. Wow. Mm. So, well, what what do you what's your argument about this one? These are serious men who never had anything else happen to them. This is their one. This is his one story, and they felt that it was important to share. Oh, Rebecca. Ah, so have you ever known politicians to lie? It's happened. It's happened once or twice. Yeah. I mean, have you ever known one not to lie about one thing or another, or? misinterpret something or or, or but this yeah. is after this is after the dad's dead like the okay. son is publishing this. i'm going to talk about that in a second okay but the first point that i want to make is that politicians lie uh-huh. sometimes right? sometimes yeah sometimes they lie sometimes sometimes they have good reasons for lying too i wish they wouldn't but they do mm-hmm. um so my my next point would be that why didn't why didn't he write it down? Why did it have to go to his son? And why did I don't understand that that bit of information? It's like if something happened to me, I'm writing it down. Well, he may have. I'm go, it just was. Why didn't public. he post it on Facebook? I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> because he knew he knew that people wouldn't believe him because it wasn't true. That's why people wouldn't believe him because it wasn't true. <laughs> So I don't, I, first of all, I take everything that politicians say with a little, you know, with a little skepticism right there. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm interested in hearing great ideas, but I always am a little skeptical and I am also skeptical when somebody doesn't write their own story and someone writes it for them. But it's the sun. And I think he felt it was when he was writing the story of his father that this was an important point that he wanted to make sure got shared because it was you. important to the father. That it was an it, you know it was one of those things like he would tell the story all the time. Yeah, it just wasn't documented. Documented, and so the son wanted it documented yeah, that I his father think, saw Washington. I still think it's full of beans. <laughs> all right, I'm all just right. saying. Okay, well, let's move on to maybe some more contemporary stories. That's what I want to hear. Okay, so these are things a little more recent. That's yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so I found an article by Rob Gutro. We're gonna say Gutro, medium and paranormal investigator. So he wrote about this in 2012 about visiting Mount Vernon. So he says, recently I visited the home of Mount Vernon the home of President George Washington and his wife, Martha. The home sits overlooking the Potomac River in Northern Virginia, blah, blah. Okay, so we already know that stuff. Sometimes ghosts have shared their pain with me to tell me that they still linger. 
this was a similar experience. When I entered the mansion, I sensed some residual energy from emotion that lingered in the home. Upon going into one of the upstairs guest rooms, I was overwhelmed with energy and suddenly got a sharp pain in my throat. I wasn't sure what was going on. The sharp pain became a dry throat and it hurt. After walking through the room into a small hallway where a docent stood, I learned why I felt that pain. The docent said, you are now in a small hallway and pointed to an adjoining room. She said it was the room where George Washington died. She said that he, uh, she said that he said two days before he died that he suddenly had a sharp pain in his throat. So I immediately knew that President Washington was letting me know what happened to him and what he experienced before he died. I didn't really expect to meet President Washington that day, but it seems I did. Any comments on, on, on his story, Pat? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of how I should say this. Um, okay, so who goes to Mount Vernon? Do you think it's people that have never heard of of Washington? Oh, no, I'm sure it's it's people that want to see where he lived. Yeah, and the internet was around in 2012. Um, you would think he would have, I don't know, he's into dead things and ghosts and stuff like that. You'd think he would have researched how George Washington died. Maybe. And Sometimes mediums like to not have that information. Yeah, but this is this is probably one of the most popular icons of American history. And to not know that and go there, that just seems kind of odd. Like I understand some people would not know that. I you know, there's there's a lot of talk about George Washington actually being um bled to death. Um, oh yeah. They yeah. Back then, medical care. They, they, he just kept telling them to bleed him. Yeah. And that's, that's how a lot of people believe that George Washington died. He, he died of the infection to his throat. Um, I don't know if he had his tonsils. I, I don't know if they removed tonsils back in those days. But it's like a tonsillitis kind of thing. That's what he died of. Mm-hmm. And for him not to know that and for him to use this as proof. So he had a sore throat in the hallway. And then it's just like, oh, George Washington said he had a sore throat two days before he died. I, I don't know. That that proves nothing to me. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. Okay. Yeah. I think it's interesting. And I think most people... It is interesting. Well, I think most people, they, they of course, they know President Washington when they go there. That's why they go to Mount Vernon. And they may know about the... They'll, they'll know the, the cherry tree and they'll know about the crossing of the Delaware River and they'll know yeah. about him being president, but they won't necessarily know exactly how he died. I didn't know that information until researching this episode. So I wouldn't expect most people to go to Mount Vernon knowing like, oh, he died of a, a sore throat. Yeah, I I knew a little bit about Washington. I've read a couple books about Washington. Well, you're a nerd. I am a nerd. I am a geeky nerd, but I have a beard. So that makes me a cool nerd. Uh, yes. Yeah. In a Star Wars t-shirt. Uh, you're not supposed to talk about what I'm wearing. Ah, I didn't ask you to read my T-shirt. <laughs> that's all right. I like Star Wars, too, so yeah. it's okay. Um, so, yeah. I, I Okay. So, he had a sore throat. So, that means that ghosts are real because he had a sore throat. Hey, we're building, right? We've had three solid stories so far. Solid? Solid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I don't think any one of them is solid so far. Okay. So. All right. Well, you, I, had, you had two women with a flickering light. Yeah that got spooked out and heard things at night and they didn't go to sleep because they were so spooked out. You have politicians that are talking about their fathers. Uh, you have, and then you, now you have this, this paranormal investigator uh, that it would be within his best interest to find something. And um, yeah, he, he has a sore throat. That's what he has. All right. What else you got? Okay. All right. So I, you know, I didn't want to go on for too long, but yeah. I wanted to say there, unlike the last episode, right, with St. Valentine's Day Massacre, yeah. I did a lot of research online and I could not find any stories of people who mm-hmm. were at the location, saw something, heard something. Except for Mondo, and I e- brought him on. Except for Mondo, right? So that was really cool, but it wasn't like there was a ton out there. So it was hard for me to maybe accept yeah. a lot of that. Yeah. This is very different than that. This I mean, I'm only different. giving you surface level the most interesting stories that I found. But there are a ton of 
comments on posts or, you know, episodes of TV shows, all sorts of things that people have posted of different experiences that they've had at Mount Vernon and seeing Washington. So mm-hmm. there's, there's, okay, there's an episode of Destination America. Uh, a guy named Andrew saw George Washington on a tour. Um, so he's a Washington scholar. He was, well, I don't know if he was, he just said he had studied him in school. So, but he said that he had been to Mount Vernon many times and had never seen anything. Okay. Okay. But he was there again on a tour and because he had been there before, he wanted to go on ahead of the tour because there was supposedly a room where somebody had written like a name, their name in glass or something. He couldn't find it, but instead he looked at bedroom next to that which was george washington's bedroom so it was a nighttime tour 2005 he looks in the room he sees the bed and he sees george washington's face he sees him lying in this bed as if he's dying he said it's it's like you know everyone knows this famous face um so and it but it wasn't a dark figure it wasn't any of that it was He saw him in his deathbed looking old and dying. And then he said he blinked and it was all gone. Everything was back to the way it was. Okay. Um, That is probably the most believable of all the stories that you've told. Um, Maybe not just on this episode even. Wow. I'm just saying. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, But I do have something to say about that. I can't really debate the ghost stories about this because I've never been there. I really am struggling with that concept, but I do hear what people say and I process it and try to figure out other ways that these things could be happening. So I would like to bring up that we have lost something as a society. Death has always made us uncomfortable and it makes us confront our own mortality. And we've decided to take steps to make funerals easier for people to deal with. We have embalmed our bodies. We talked about that in the Italian Bride episode. Yep. And we also started to put these bodies to rest sooner. And in the olden days, in a lot of other, or in a lot of other countries too, bodies decomposing was a normal thing for funerals. You were confronted with death. You saw death. You saw somebody decompose. And that helped you accept this idea that, that we are going to die at some point. I'm sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> we are going to all die at some point. And in the U.S. and most populated countries, we do not know what death looks like at all. And I read a book once called um, uh, Smoke Gets in Your Eye um, by Caitlin, uh, Caitlin Dowdy. I believe that was her name, Dowdy. Uh, in this book, she exposes a lot of the secrets to death that we have we have chosen not to see. Like, for instance... When when people die, their eyes sink in. Well, while they're preparing people for a viewing, they actually put something in their eyes to make it stand out. Like, it looks like the person's still living. I'm not against what we currently do, but I do believe that this has created a mystique of death that we all process in a different way, and we do not get the same closure as we once did. All that being said, I think when a person spends the night in a room where they know somebody has died or when they visit a a location like this, it might make the person a little bit hypersensitive. And it's kind of like the placebo effect. You've heard of that, right? Mm-hmm. So when somebody, you know, uh, somebody's given a sugar pill and they believe this is the cure for whatever it is that they have, a lot of people have actually shown signs of improvement with that. I think this is kind of the same thing. Um, you might not be given the real thing, but but subconsciously you expect to see something. And this can create an opportunity where you believe what is easily explained with a little bit of science is a ghost or paranormal activity. So this is what I believe is happening to this person. He is a someone that gives ghost tours. He wants to believe. I want to believe. I want to believe desperately that there is there that there is ghost out there. It would it would help my life a lot if I could believe. It would really. I I would I would be in less pain than I am from people that have passed on in my life to know that there is a possibility that there is proof of an afterlife. But unfortunately, 
there's science. And if you, if you choose not to listen to science, yeah, you might believe that that's what you saw. Or it could have just been in your imagination. Well, it could have been. No, he doesn't give ghost tours. He was on a tour. He was tour. on a ghost tour. No, not okay. a ghost tour. Just a tour. Oh, okay. It's a regular tour. A nighttime tour. Nighttime of, tour of Mount Vernon. They have those. They do. Okay. We should do that. Yeah, yeah. to find ghosts. <laughs> That's what you would want to <laughs> do. When well, remember what we learned from Holly. It is the best time. Yeah, it is. Because it's quiet. Well, that, I mean, so that's a lot to process. It you, is. You, yeah. But I, I don't, for me, I mean, maybe it is a comfort thing, but I, I do, I just think there's too many of these. I mean, I, again, I, I don't want to tell any more specific ones because it will go on. We would be here for all night because I have, there's so many of them, but yeah. people again, tell the stories of seeing the shadow or of seeing him or of feeling just the room being insanely cold compared to the whole rest of the house tour guides that do work there the docents that work there mm-hmm. all talk about either others having those experiences or they themselves have seen things yeah and there are i will definitely post these online pictures of orbs and other ghostly pictures yeah. that people have posted online again of i Vernon. don't i don't necessarily believe that orbs um equal ghost i i don't necessarily believe that uh, maybe they could be some kind of energy at the most i would say that okay. um i don't i don't know why we believe that these are ghosts i i've never found any proof to that well I'm- there's never going to be any proof that's just the way that things go is that we have not proven the existence of ghosts so we cannot prove that these orbs are actually ghosts okay yeah so um, yeah, and about the room being colder, mm-hmm. it could be designed that way, or it could be accidentally put that way. I've been in old old houses where some rooms were colder than others. Well, except that, so this one one post that I read, the, the person said that they had talked to the tour guide saying, what is up with this room? Oh my gosh, it's so much colder in here. And they, the, the tour guide plus everyone on the tour looked at them like they were crazy. Like, what are you talking about? It's not cold. And so it wasn't uh. like, you know, oh, it's always cold. Like, that's why he built the room that way or anything. Like, it's not that everyone feels that. It's just, but it is something that happens. That reminds me of the tour we took in Galena, where the person standing right next to me was talking about how cold it was. And I'm like, lady, I'm sweating. See, <laughs> that's the proof. That's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm cold all the time. So, well, yeah. All right. Is it time? I, yeah, if you think you're ready for the closing arguments. I am ready for the closing arguments. Okay. We each will be given one inter- uninterrupted minute to say our last words on this topic and give you something to consider when heading off to the polls to vote if George Washington is really haunting Mount Vernon. Yes. Where can they go to actually vote? They can go to our website. We have one of those? We do, ghostlypodcast.com. What is it? Ghostlypodcast.com. Wait, did you say ghostlypodcast.com? Yes, ghostlypodcast.com. Yeah, they say if you say things three times, it sticks in better. Yeah, so. why well, I, I threw in a fourth just Yeah, case. I don't know if that works then. Oh, we, it... we might have to repeat the whole thing. It's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can go on our website and vote. Yes, it's really important, yeah. team believer. Let's get out there. <laughs> yeah, because you guys, I mean, at the very least, you guys were tied. If not, you were beaten down. Mm. Yeah, so I'm there, just guys. saying. And I really need my skeptic bros, both male and female bros, <laughs> to get out there and rock the vote, too. So we will each be timing each other on our cell phones to make sure we don't go over that one minute. All right. Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? I am. Are you going to tell me when to start this time? Start a minute ago. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You can start right now. I think that George Washington had or has a powerful energy in life. And it doesn't surprise me at all that an imprint of that energy was left over after his passing, which was not a pleasant death. I think... The fact that his ghost has been seen by many people over hundreds of years is proof. I think the fact that even serious people have recorded what they've seen and had it reported in the newspapers is a big deal and why it's hard to deny that George Washington's 
still there, still a presence at Mount Vernon. It isn't just ghost hunters of today that have seen him, but people from history and just regular people that go there. I mean, it's a wide variety of people that have made these claims, mediums, historical figures, as well as just Joe's off the street. It's haunted. (laughs) Okay, your minute is up. All right. Okay, so now it's Pat's turn. I'm getting ready. All right, I have a lot to say too, so I'm going to have to say this pretty fast. Okay, are you are you ready? Yes. Okay, and go. Since George Washington died in 1799 and I have not had the pleasure of seeing Mount Vernon or sleeping in the first president's bed, I cannot speak personally of this ghost story. I do, however, think it's odd that these people telling the ghost stories have made their way into history. These people are remembered long after they have passed on. For ghost researchers, these people get celebrity status. I think this incentivizes people to embellish stories and exaggerate facts. I really believe that this is what we have here. People trying to gain some kind of notoriety off the coattails of a public figure. And the truth of the matter is... They have succeeded because here we are in 2019 still talking about them, a story from 1890. This is ridiculous. That's all I got to say. All right, you made it. You had 10 seconds left. Oh, I could have still taken 10 seconds? Yeah, too bad. (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo's real. (laughs) Great Washington's ghost. What are (laughs) you doing? (laughs) What role? (laughs) All because of you kids. Yeah. So we want to thank you so much for listening to Ghostly. Please hit the subscribe button so we can keep on telling you these stories and have you decide if they are true or false in our poll section, which is found on ghostlypodcast.com as always. Yes. Rebecca, would you like to tell them about our next episode that I am so excited about? Yes, Pat. This is Pat's choice and and, and mine too. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, the Iroquois Theater, which is... Uh, a theater in downtown Chicago now called the Oriental Theater. And I think it's going to be name changed again very soon. Uh, But there was a horrible fire there where at least 602 people died. Yeah. Yeah. There have definitely been... In a fire, yeah. Some residual effects after this fire. So um, that is the actual number that they can come up with, but bodies were removed Mm -hmm. from the scene. Yeah. So it could be even more. This is one of the biggest theater fires in history, and, and it changed laws yes, for everybody. For everybody, and we were we just recently visited this place, so we do have some pictures and yeah. some stories to tell a little bit. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we do have one more thing to talk about, and that's our contest for dead on paper. Yes. So last episode we told you about two ways to win. And if you if you were able to hang on past the music, you would have you would have heard that. Mm-hmm. One of the ways is a ghost story uh, that you just send us a ghost story, and we would enter you into a contest, and we would, you know, put the stories up against each other in the polls and let the listeners decide. Yeah, and I don't want anyone to think that this has to be some big elaborate thing. No, right? It's just a story that's happened to you or maybe someone that you know, just to send us an email, a few paragraphs, a few hundred words, at, if that. At info at ghostlypodcast.com. At info at ghostlypodcast.com. And yeah. just let us know something that's happened to you and maybe you'll uh, win the contest and maybe you'll get to, to be on an episode of Ghostly. Yeah. And we also had another contest about Facebook likes. I'm not going to go back over that because I don't want to confuse you guys. I want to tell you guys what contest we have now. These contests are going until March... 25th. So you have plenty of time to do these things. Mm -hmm. You can go back and listen to the last episode, the last couple minutes if you missed it and find out more about that. And also we posted it on our Facebook page as well. Mm -hmm. So this week, the only thing that you have to do is go to ghostlypodcast.com, scroll to the bottom and on the right hand side on the bottom of the website, or if you're using your mobile phone, it's right dead center but it's towards the bottom of the page, you will see a um, a way to sign up for our email list. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do is sign up for our email list. Yep, we send out, we we promise not to spam you. No, we, we only not. send one out every two weeks whenever we put out a new episode, just letting you know there's a new episode and giving you some facts that we don't necessarily talk about on the podcast or on our Facebook page or the website. Yeah, and give you some cool, cool links and, and information. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
Um, that's it. Dead on paper is one of my favorite businesses. I, I, I can't say that enough. Uh, they make very unique art. Yeah. Coins with skeletons on them and tarot cards that are also playing cards. Very cool. Yeah. And they also make pins too. Yes. So yeah, go on their website, deadonpaper.com. Check them out. They are amazing. I, I carry a coin with me every day. It's part of my everyday carry EDC. Yes. Yes, it is. So- <laughs> Emails, the reason why we need this is emails are some of the best way to let your listeners know what's going on. And as I said, we only send out one email every two weeks. Mm-hmm. It's really not that much. But you know, if there's this, this year is going to be great. We're going to yeah. have opportunities where you can maybe meet us and talk yeah. to us. And we might be doing some live episodes, maybe. Absolutely. So if you want to get in on all of those things, the best thing is to like us on Facebook, and even more importantly, subscribe to that email list. Yeah, and people that are already on the on, on our mailing list, they're automatically entered into this contest. Yep. So don't feel bad if you, you know, subscribe to it when we first came out. Yeah. So I think that's about it for this episode. Rebecca, do you have anything else to share? Uh, no, I think that's it. Okay, then. Uh, we will talk to you guys on March 6th. Thank you for being a ghostly fan. Bye. Bye.